Good morning. <laughs> uh, it's a blessing to be here. Thank you, Tom, for, uh, for sharing that update on the Nakamuras and their ministry in Japan. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a great thing for us to be able to hear uh, what God is doing in Japan and doing in individual, uh, individuals' lives uh, through the Nakamuras. And I feel like it's very appropriate it's very appropriate this Sunday because uh, today we're going to go over uh, the second powerful prayer in our sermon series. So we've been going through this sermon series, Powerful Prayers, and Pastor Corey introduced this series last week, you know, with the prayer of Search Me. And today we're going to look at this prayer, a very challenging prayer um, that is Send Me, Lord, Send Me. Um, Let me, get, let me begin by asking you guys a question. So um, just uh, get the wheels turning. Um, but have you ever prayed something that you don't really mean? <laughs> right? Prayed for something that you don't really want to have happen or you don't really intend to do. Right? And you might be thinking, that, that's crazy. Right? That's crazy, Pastor. Why would I pray for something uh, that I don't want? <clears throat> well, sometimes I think in these situations, uh, what comes up is um, praying for God's will. Praying for God's will to be done in our lives. For example, um, think about when we pray, Lord, Lord, heal my friend. Or Lord, get me out of this situation. But not by my will, but yours be done. And I think in those times, I think we know what we want, and it's good to pray. It is right to pray. But wait, we may be hesitant about praying about God's will to be done. Because if we're completely honest, sometimes we're not sure what his will is, or if his will is what we really want. And maybe you've been led to pray at a missions conference or in a worship service, these exact words, Lord, send me, right? Use me for your glory. And it seems the right thing to say, but we have a hard time, I think, praying it with conviction because we're scared, right? We're scared that God might call us to go and serve him in such, some strange, some faraway place, you know, where we're very uncomfortable. And send me right, is a challenging prayer to pray. This morning, I don't want to force you to say or pray something you don't mean. But what I'd like to do is to plant a seed. It's to cast a vision that will grow in us, a seed that will grow in us and lead us to become more missional people. Missional people are people that genuinely want to carry out God's mission and purpose in their lives. And so this is our challenge this morning, is to take steps towards being more missional people to the point where maybe we can say, Lord, here am I, send me. So let's, let's pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us this morning. Uh, please bow with me in a word of prayer. <clears throat>
Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We, we sang the worship songs that you would be glorified in all the earth and that your will would be done, Lord. And that's the prayer of our hearts. But we know it's hard and we know it's difficult, Lord. Uh, we just pray this morning that uh, we would give you space. We would give you a place, Lord, where you can move on us and we will not close down or uh, back off, but that you will move in our hearts and our minds and we will learn to be missional people people that are responsive, Lord, to your word, to your voice, um, to your scripture, and to your will, Lord. And so we lift all this up to you. We pray uh, that you would speak to us. You would do the teaching this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, This morning, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 6. And so this is in uh, in your program. And for those of you online, hopefully it should be on the screen. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Now when it comes to God and his mission, when we think generally about missions, I think our understanding is often way too small. It's just way too small. I think a lot of times we think of missions and evangelism as merely a function of the church and that we as Christians are simply called out a call to go and share Jesus, right, with everyone around us. And we think of being sent as something we have to go and do, as if we alone are responsible for reaching the world and redeeming the lost. It kind of reminds me of my old job uh, at the bank. <clears throat> you know, I used to work at a bank for many years. And I was in a group that was responsible for implementing some new processes, right? And we had implemented these new processes across the organization. And my job was to go to other departments and get them to adopt or implement these new processes, right? So if you worked in an organization or a big organization or company, um, you've probably seen this, people coming to the department and trying to get you to implement these new corporate processes. So I would be sent, right, like a missionary. 
I would be sent to these other departments in, in Los Angeles or San Francisco or um, wherever they were. And while all those departments were cordial, or most of them were, <laughs> right, they really had no interest in cooperating. Right? They were busy. They had their own problems. Right? They didn't want to meet with me. Even if I flew up there and scheduled these things, uh, they didn't want to meet. Uh, they wouldn't provide the information I requested. Add to that the poor communication and the poor support right, from upper management. And I felt like I was, you know, I was like pushing this project, right, all alone. I was doing this all by myself. Even though it was supposed to be this big corporate priority. And I think sometimes we think of missions that way. Like it's an individual DIY effort, right? Where we go out and we grind it on our own and we don't have a sense that there's a larger movement that's taking place. But this is not what God's mission is like. See, what I want us to see this morning is that God is already at work around the world. He's carrying out his plan to reveal himself to display his glory, to reconcile people to him, and to build his eternal kingdom. And that's why we love to share and hear about our missionaries, right? Because it reminds us, it confirms for us that God is at work in Japan, in Turkey, in Africa, India, China, the inner city, in Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and agnostic places where we support pastors and missionaries, and we support evangelism. This doesn't mean that it's easy for, uh, for those who go or that it comes without sacrifice. But God's mission is not something out there. It's not something we just go and do right by our own effort. It's here. It's happening in the world around us. And he's calling you and me to find our place in it. So the question is this morning, how do we become like Isaiah, send me type of people? People who see the larger picture and then respond to God's voice. I think Isaiah 6, it gives us a lot of clues. First, Isaiah has a vision of the living God. In verse 1, it says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So Isaiah sees the exalted Lord on his throne. And then flying around about the Lord are these seraphim. Right? Seraphim were these angelic beings with six wings. In Hebrew, seraphim is translated burning ones. So somehow, right, they seemed like they were on fire or they were smoldering. They were hot. And they were all coming and declaring to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Then it says their voices rocked the doorposts, right, and the foundations of the temple and the temple filled with smoke. Right? We see this in Isaiah's vision. 
right? It seems kind of like a, like a rave or a rock concert, right? The smoke filling the room of the temple and this loud sort of boom, you know, like holy, holy, holy. So we get this incredible picture of Isaiah being in God's presence. And these angelic beings are proclaiming his holy and awesome nature. See, the Hebrew language here, it uses repetition when it says holy, holy, holy. It uses repetition to express both what is superlative and what is the absolute truth about something. God is holy, awesome, and his glory fills the whole earth. So the first point for us this morning, being a send me type of person begins with an encounter with the living God. Send me is a response to who God truly is. Now this is not to say that you need to have the same kind of vision that Isaiah did, right, which is pretty spectacular. But to follow the Lord Jesus in mission and in ministry we must be assured of his awesome presence in our lives. You know, I, I probably wouldn't be here, right, as a pastor, <clears throat> if not for those times in my life when God revealed himself so strongly to me. I'd probably still be working at the bank, right, pushing processes. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I think I would have left. But there have been times when God has revealed himself to me in powerful ways. And I got to tell you that it often happens outside of my regular routines. Right? In different contexts, in different situations. Sometimes it's at a conference where I've been at, you know, or a, a retreat, or a different worship setting or prayer meeting where I feel God's overwhelming, his overwhelming presence, and I sense his spirit speaking and impressing on me directly. Right, and if you've ever had that experience, you know you have to respond. Beloved, sometimes in order to see God more clearly, it requires putting yourself in places and situations where we, he can reveal himself to you in new and different ways. Kind of like Moses and the burning bush. Sometimes we need to step off the path that we're on <clears throat> in order to encounter the Lord face to face. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it, it does take faith. So not that I have visions of God like some people do. I think some people have God-given visions. Right? I'm not quite that way, but sometimes, sometimes I get this deep sense of God's glory, God's majesty, that he is exalted and lifted above the earth. Everything else then falls away. Right? Everything else pales in comparison. And I know my life needs to get in alignment with that truth. 
Have you had an encounter with the living God? Second, being a send me person understands that this is not our mission. This is God's mission. This goes back to the feeling that missions is simply a duty, right? An obligation as believers that we need to fulfill. That it's a bottoms up grassroots effort, right? Let's get ready. No, no. This is the ultimate in top-down initiatives, right? God himself is leading the charge. You see, when I was at the bank, right, to try to get everyone to adopt these new processes, like I said, I felt alone, right? It wasn't just, but it wasn't just my project, or it shouldn't have been, right? It should have been management's initiative, their objective, that brings us all together. Henry Blackaby says, God is on mission. He has been on mission throughout history to accomplish his purpose throughout the earth. Each time we see God in the Bible, and I challenge you to look when you read scripture, think about this. Each time we see God in the Bible, he is acting in accordance with his purpose to reveal himself in order that his name would be glorified, that his kingdom would be established, and that some from every people would be reconciled to him. You and I are on mission with God to carry out his will. It's part of our calling. We have been set apart, sanctified, set apart for mission with God. In Isaiah 6, 5, back to the passage, right, we see Isaiah's response to being in God's presence. He cries out, Woe to me! I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I've seen the king, right? And I'm, um, and, and I'm among unclean people, and I've seen the king, the Lord Almighty. What does this, this mean? Right? It means I, Isaiah knows he's a dead man. Right? He's cooked. He knows that nothing sinful can stand in the presence of God and live. In God's presence, he recognizes the dire consequences of his sin and his sinfulness. See, there's a logical progression between last week's prayer of search me, right, a prayer of repentance, and send me. Then one of the seraphim takes a coal from the altar and he touches Isaiah's mouth, right, and he says, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This is prophetic, isn't it? Right? What the seraphim does with Isaiah is what Christ has done for us on the cross. We have no right to stand in God's presence, for we are an unclean people. Right? And yet, by the blood of his son, God atones for our sin, right? and he takes our guilt away. He forgives us, and he sets us apart And this is important. He sets us apart for a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Author Deborah Kane Lloyd says, God's plan 
is teleological. Right? And I think I've thrown this big word out to you. Probably, it's been probably a couple years. Right? Teleological. It means a plan with an end in mind. Right? There's been forethought. Christ redeemed us, not just to save us, but to participate in God's mission. This was his plan. Lloyd puts it this way. God's story for you and me is a story of purpose. And believe it or not, this purpose, right, doing God's will, serving in God's mission, this purpose is what brings true joy and meaning to our lives here on earth. Not money, right, not possessions, not accolades, not achievement, not comfort. God's mission. And finally, being a send me type of person requires a heart that desires to see God's glory. Do you want to see God's glory? Do you want to see him move in miraculous ways? Because it's happening. It's happening in the world around us. Not by our doing, but by his power. Right? As we sit, so, sung in the worship songs, as Bob told to us from scripture in Chronicles. Right? As we see in the Nakamura's life, it's by his power that God is displaying his glory and doing amazing things. Isaiah 6.3 says, the whole earth is full of his glory. Right? I would put that in there. The whole earth is already full of his glory. And that may be hard to see sometimes, but both heaven and earth are God's domain. Both should display his magnificent glory. In Isaiah 66, 1, the Lord says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. God uses this metaphor, right, to show us that he reigns over all of creation. And we should want to see his name magnified, glorified throughout the earth because it's right. It should resonate with us as Christians because it is what God will do. It is what he's doing. It's the same in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Right? Both of these are God's domain. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. See, God's mission is a story of his glory throughout the earth. It's not, and it's not America-centric. It's not Eurocentric. He's at work in all corners of the earth. Do you want to see him glorified? Do you, do you want to see him worshipped by other people, by other nations who don't know him yet. Pastor John Piper says this, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. <clears throat> worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. And we see how Isaiah, right in the passage, once he sees the glory of the Lord and the worship of these angelic beings, he's compelled to go out. Piper goes on to say, where passion for God is weak, 
right, in a church, in our lives. If passion for God is weak, zeal for missions will be weak. Churches that are not centered on the exaltation of the majesty and beauty of God <clears throat> will scarcely kindle a fervent desire to declare his glory among the nations. We want to be a people of passion for God, and we want to see his glory fill the whole earth. So send me attitude. It comes from an encounter with the living God, a relationship with him. It comes from an understanding that this is God's mission for which we have been set apart. And it comes from a passion to see God glorified throughout the earth. At the end of this encounter, right, at the end of this passage, the Lord issues an invitation. He says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, he aptly responds, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. And he goes on to be a great prophet of God. And in this example, we see something that's repeated throughout Scripture. That being responsive to God's call and spiritual growth, the two go hand in hand. One fuels the other. I've seen this in my life. I've seen it in others' lives. Right? When we encounter God and are responsive to that call, we grow spiritually. Our passion for God just it increases. But when we fail to respond to his prompting in our lives, right, to that impression that he's making on you, the cycle breaks down, and we often stagnate in our walk. Responsiveness to God's invitation is where it all begins. You know, I've talked a lot about global missions today because I believe that this is the true heart of the send me prayer. But we can be missional and not go overseas. We can be missional and not go out of town. Perhaps your place in God's mission is right around you. Right? With people you already know, don't know the Lord, and aren't reconciled to him. Now keeping health precautions in mind, right, and social distancing, send me could mean going across the street to your neighbor or to your coworker in the next cubicle. Or it could mean calling that friend that needs Christ. God is at work in these areas also. This is what I mean, that God is filling the earth with his glory. He is at work, right, leading this charge. He is revealing himself and his glory. So this week in your prayer time, right, 10 minutes a day, right, we want to pray. We're going from pray, search me, Lord, right, to Lord, send me. You pray this week, 10 minutes a day. Lord, here am I. Send me. And talk to him about what he puts on your heart and where he may be leading you. Right? Don't just pray it, but listen. Listen for his, his voice, his response, his impression, his prompting. 
But if you're not quite there, right, because I'm saying send me is a challenging prayer and we want to pray it with sincerity and with honesty and with intention. I want you to be honest before God. And here's just a a little alternate prayer, which is challenging as well. Lord, make me missional. Help me to put you first. And teach me to be responsive to your prompting in my life. Right? Two prayers, two challenges for us this week. All right? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to give ourselves to you, but um, Lord, that's, that's a hard thing. Uh, we struggle uh, with so many different things in our life. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would mold us and shape us, set us apart. Father, give us a heart, Lord, for your will and for your mission. Lord, we pray that we would join in in what you're doing. We pray, Lord, as we do that, we would see your glory and we would see you do amazing things, Lord, and we would see you bringing our friends, our family, those we don't know, into relationship with you. And we pray that you would use us, dear God. And we pray, Lord, for strength and your help. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.